Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for 24, day three, episode 13, 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. The famous episode where somebody dies and we're not really going to care that much. Uh, (laughs) Not I mean, the the famous episode where somebody died and we cared was, I don't know, a week or two ago. Another famous episode where somebody's going to die will be coming soon. This is the one where we're indifferent, I guess, let's say, on somebody dying. Uh, This was written by the story of the Robert Cochran, the Stephen Cronish, and the teleplay by the Joel Cernow, the Michael Osef, and directed by some guy named Brian Spicer. Not Brian Singer, so nobody's offended. (laughs) my name is Colin, certified drive through shrink. And my name is Ben, and I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> Still? I know. I'm trying. You try so hard. I'm trying so hard. It just, Listen, it's just not happening. If anybody out there is interested, sign up to our Patreon, and we will set you up <laughs> one-on-one with Ben Waterworth. Yeah. Let's start the Oz Network <laughs> dating service. Ben gets a boyfriend, you know? You're lucky you uh, might marry me for 81 days. <laughs> We're breaking records here. Yeah. <laughs> Only on Patreon. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, this this is interesting because I think I've mentioned many times throughout the season, I love the Mexico sequence. And then I always sort of remember there's a bit of a lull after that before we got to, you know, the hotel and all the drama with that and, you know, Saunders coming in. Uh, but... This episode, which is primarily just two people on a plane and a bunch of stuff at CTU, I absolutely love this episode. I think this might be my favorite episode in several weeks. Uh, it's fantastic, and uh, we're not even to the, the really, really dramatic stuff yet. There really isn't a bad B story or C story or anything. Uh, the baby stuff, <laughs> take it or leave it, but uh, great episode, great start to the morning. Don't say can take it or leave it, the baby stuff. It seriously just keeps getting worse. Um, I was worried coming to this episode it was going to be like that one last season where it was like you hated it and I loved it because I love this episode too. This episode is just so dumb and silly and so poppery and everything. It's probably got the worst twist ending that we've had of any episode so far and one of the worst twist endings of any episode of 24. But I can completely overlook that because everything else that happens in this episode is just weirdly amazing um i don't it's just it's so like we, we literally are watching days of our lives in one scene in this episode it's so good um but like yeah just so much stuff in this episode there's so many plot holes but like i think what is so good about this episode and what is so good about 24 is it's just it's fun and entertaining and like yeah we're gonna sit here and make fun of it yeah we're gonna rip shit into the plot holes yeah you know they fly from one place to another in like 30 minutes when i think it took them in an hour last time and all this kind of you know fun stuff jack bauer becomes a hijacker um (laughs) it's just fun and it's just like this is what you want from tv and and 24 and this is what we had in the early 2000s you know imagine if this this existed nowadays it would be like you know absolute trash because everyone be like oh it's not stranger things um so but yeah this was this is where tv was at in the 2000s and it was fun and entertaining this 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 is pre-millie bobby brown television don't mention her name i just ate uh this is gonna be an interesting one to cover because i feel like the ctu and jack stuff it really intersects a lot 
But uh, I, I actually think the, the the most story that we get happening is the Palmer drama. So we're going to actually start off and not blow off the Palmer drama for once. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be very important stuff happening. One thing I just want to quickly comment on is, I mean, we, we actually open up with the White House briefing on the virus. It's only taken them this long to remember there is a virus out there. And they need to actually bring some people in to discuss this. But it doesn't matter because Sherry Palmer's on the phone. So it doesn't matter that America <laughs> is about to like die well, from a virus as long as Sherry Palmer's around. Like I love, like again, I'm just pointing out, like David's in this for like five minutes in this episode. It's all Sherry, which is the great stuff. But like, again, David showing how terrible of a president he is. Mm-hmm. That Like imagine 9-11, like well, we, we know what happened, but like halfway through 9-11, you know, they're in the middle. Oh, we you know, sir, there's other planes, Mr. President, Mr. President. Uh, George, Laura's on the phone. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll just go get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mr. President, we need you. No, Laura's on the phone. Get back to work. Like, why is he out so quickly? He's covering his ass. He's only caring about well, his own selfie, David. Well, and this is what interests me the most about a rewatch of this season is are my ideas is very similar to the, the, the whole Mike situation from last season. I'm like, you know, I remembered it one way, but is it different? Does it play out differently? And the fondness I have for the Milliken storyline was at least what I had in my head that this was like, it's a major distraction for David Palmer. And, and, you know, I don't remember this season well enough to know how subtle everything plays out and how much of it is intentional. And this is what I'm kind of wondering as we get through this more is how intentional was it for them to be clear about the fact David's storyline this season, at least in my mind should be, he has a major situation to deal with like this virus, but he's so caught up in his own selfish storyline where he's like, yeah, but I got to take a call from my ex-wife. She may have just killed somebody. Uh, Like that's the back and forth that now on a rewatch I'm finding, even though I kind of looked at it that way and always thought this is what the storyline is. It's David being distracted from the bigger deal, which is kind of, you know, going to set up what's going to happen with him uh, after this season that maybe they weren't really trying for that so hard. And it's just sort of something I have in my mind, you know, like, I don't know, give me your opinion on whether they really intended for this to be a major focus. I think they do because I like you kind of summed it up there that, you know, this leads to what will happen from him from this point on, you know, this is spoiler, the the downfall of David Palmer really. So it kind of leads to that. So I I can't imagine they didn't write this with anticipation that this is what it could potentially come. And as we keep saying, sort of the first three seasons of 24 are kind of their own being. And then season four is almost like a refresh of the storyline and everything moving forward. So, you know, we're going to get that next week with a pretty significant character being in their last episode. Um, you know, and it kind of keeps moving forward with things along those lines. So, yeah, I, I think they would have had to have some type of plan with it. Um, and, like, it does go away, I think, from a little bit, because I know Sherry kind of disappears for a few episodes and then comes back. So, Like I'm Sherry pretty- does. Yeah, so, like, I, from memory, this isn't, like, you know, just the sole focus. Like, Palmer's actually going to be a president soon and actually deal with this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, it's just, I just think it's funny that, yeah, it's a distraction, but like, I mean, as you said, they kind of all of a sudden wake up and realize, oh, mm, this could be a threat. And then all of a sudden it's just like, Aaron's like, sir, your ex-wife is on the phone. I'll take it. <laughs> and is, is like, this episode of the next one when he's literally like, wake up all the cabinet members. We've got something dangerous happening here. And like, why isn't he more angry too? Cause like. Before he was all like, oh, you, Jack, you kept this from me. Like, you know, you will face consequences. You'll do this. I mean, Jack literally was on the phone to him a couple of hours ago going, sir, I'll take that as you not giving me the orders because I didn't hear a yes, but I'm going to do it anyway. And now he's just like, oh, Amador escaped. Oh, that's a shame. Shouldn't he be like, well, hang on a minute. This whole thing was based on Jack going to Mexico, stabbing me in the back, doing this, doing that. And now he let it go away. What was the point of that? Get Jack Bauer in a jail. Like, terrible president David Palmer is. Yeah. And and like, I don't know whether they they didn't want to give away the fact that they're going to kind of have a downfall for David throughout this season. And I'm still, I'm, I'm most curious to get to the finale because I, I always remembered as like, well, like, are they playing a little bit soft on David? Like, even though what happens with him, you know, you're like, okay, well there's consequences, but like, is the show trying to soften it because they didn't want to sour David's character for their plans in season four and they still wanted to maintain him as a hero. And that's where I feel like, okay, if this were any other show, you would be making it very clear. Hey, David's becoming a problem here. Everything they tried to do in season two, everything in his cabinet and uh, the, the vice president, everything tried to do in season two. Like, I feel like there should be more people kind of like when David excused himself here being like, really? <laughs> yeah. You call us in at midnight 
to walk out to take a call from your ex? But he got injured, so therefore everybody can try to get assassinated. <laughs> That's right. So. He's got he's got scabs on his hand. Forgive <laughs> the man. It's not I like think... he was shot in the neck or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or the hand, because I mean, if you ask someone if they're shot in the hand, what <laughs> usually happens? We'll get to that. But no, I think like one thing though that they do well is. You know, Palmer's always, we love Palmer and we're obviously pointing out that he's a pretty shit president, but I, I'm not going to sit here and move forward and think that we're not just going to have other shit presidents. I mean, you know, it's going to happen moving forward, but it's, I think what they do well is, you know, yeah, we've had a bit of complaints about Nina and Sherry coming back in certain ways and maybe are they overusing them, but they then all of a sudden will go, okay, no, we need to take a step back and introduce something new moving forward. So, yeah, it would have been great to have Palmer president for another three seasons, but no, they didn't. And spoiler alert, he's not president next season. So it's, yeah, it's kind of like move on. Let's try something a little bit different. And next season we get two presidents. It's very different. And the introduction of a very major president who might or may not become maybe the biggest, one of the biggest characters in the history of the show. So, yes, it's, um yeah. It's, it's silly, it's a bit dumb, he's a terrible president, but it's kind of, I like the way they're managing this on the way to, whether they intended it or not, this is going to pay off in the long run. Yeah, I still say even though if you actually really dissect the drama, of, of the Palmer drama, this is, it's bad story. You know, it's not captivating, yeah. but the way so that popular. it's told, yeah, but compared to season one and two, where it was definitely a more dramatic events, you know, this rape and murders and stuff like that. And uh, trying to overthrow a president, like it, there, there seems to be a better balance with this season of this is happening for a reason. And these two storylines, when they, when they come together, when you're suddenly reminded, it's like, Hey, there's a virus going on. But even if it's just in the back of my head, there's a reason why these two stories are happening at the same time, which is I think why I accept season three a little bit more for Palmer drama. And I think maybe also what works with it is they scale it back in a way. Like you've kind of just got David and Wayne and then you get Sherry get brought into the fray and then kind of, you know, you think about season one, like, yeah, you know, rape, murder, and stuff, but you kind of had this whole thing about like, Nicole was raped and then Keith murdered someone and then they're hiding mm-hmm. evidence and then you've got a bunch of people who are trying to get him in the thing and he's trying to get assassinated at the same time. Meanwhile, Sherry's turning evil and breaking tapes and trying to get people to have sex with David and, you know, because we can, all that kind of stuff. Like, there's all layers to it. It's entertaining. We liked it, but, like, there's all things to it. Season two, it was, you know, let's not get into that again. But then even this season, it was kind of like, Wendy Christen's there. She's blink and miss it. Okay, thanks, Wendy. Here's your paycheck. Off you go to that show that Colin watches in Canada. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's kind of, this is what it's all going to be. So there's, I think that it's scaled back on a level where it's just not as layered and you can kind of appreciate it more. Because, like, literally there's, like, what, one scene with David in this entire episode, and it's this scene that you talk about, and the rest it's just Sherry. It's basically yeah. all Sherry moving forward. Uh, I mean, the phone conversation is really her saying, hey, I want to go see Julia. And him saying, no, because he can't. <laughs> because uh, he can't. <laughs> Why? Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is going to be important. Him saying no here. Uh, <laughs> no means no, Sherry. I'm sure that's not the first time that's come up. Sleep with this woman. No. No means no, Sherry. <laughs> uh, but uh, he doesn't want her to go for a good reason. Uh, but uh, she's going to call her up anyway and say, hey, Julia, I'm coming over. And Julia is sitting there in her third outfit of the day, and she's been on the show for about four hours. She is the Queen Amidala of the 24 universe. It's stressful at 1 a.m. in Los Angeles. You've got to change a lot. Yeah, I, I, I want to start a count of Julia's outfits. We're on three here, so uh, <laughs> let's see how many we can get to by the end of the season. If she can top Amidala in any of the Star Wars movies, then we will reach out to Gina Torres and give her an award. I will I will make up a mini trophy of outfit uh, record breaker of 24 season or something along those lines. In the shape Anything of Audrey Hepburn, because that's who she was married to in this, or Catherine Hepburn. Exactly. One of the Hepburns. Yes. One of the Hepburns. <laughs> Catherine. <laughs> Catherine. Catherine Hepburn, darling. <laughs> uh, but uh, Sherry's giving her specific instructions, like, you're going to turn off the cameras. I'm going to come. You're going to be very Sherry Palmer. She's got a plan for everything. Um, I do love where Julia goes in and talks to Alan. Say, like, Alan, you're still awake. And he goes, well, Ken from Singapore called. He doesn't know how to calculate what time it is. I'm, I'm sorry, Alan. Are you the guy who at 9 PM decided to call the president of the United States and say, I have some important news brought him over at what? 10 PM. Like this is the people to get murdered in trailer parks an hour ago, exactly. but I don't know. Ken is a bastard. 
Come on, Ken. Don't you know what time it is here in Los Angeles? <laughs> but do you think, I mean, do you think that's his excuse though? Do you think that he's just, you know, he's been yeah, on the phone killing people and he's just going, oh, Ken, you know, exactly. classic Ken. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 got to be Ken. Get, blame Ken for everything. Uh, what happened to Kevin Kelly's daughter? Ken from Singapore. Ken. Yeah. Too bad he's not in the United States. Can't prosecute him. Sorry. Ken's <laughs> going to be the excuse for everything here. <laughs> um, whose baby is that? Um, it's Ken. 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 Ken Binder from Singapore. <laughs> but I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sherry and Julia's meeting. And like This is all very soap opery. Um, Alan, Alan, uh, Alan, she's basically saying like, you should leave Alan or whatever. Uh, this is where, uh, she gives her best knickknack. It's like, if you leave him, all of this can be yours. <laughs> uh, now Different Alan's going to come in. <laughs> uh, Alan's going to come in to, um, uh, I guess, interrupt their meeting. What is going on here? <laughs> Darling. Uh, I really don't like this guy. I'm so sorry. Like there's Aww. something. Uh, I, I think there are, there's there's things about his performance that are just like I think he is in a soap opera. You know, I think that he that that's one of the things that hurts this is that yes, we know this is a soap opera storyline, but Penny Johnson Gerald saves anything. Uh, this guy, he's just he's got a weird acting style, which I, it could have worked, but it doesn't really. I'm I'm not really a fan of it. Could have worked if he was white. That's what you're trying to say, Colin. Racist. <laughs> Well, come on. Gina Torres works. She's not white. Penny Johnson Gerald works. She's not white. David Palmer is a terrible president. He'd be better if he was white. But uh, <laughs> uh, joke, joke, joke. Loop that into a playback. Don't worry. I'll get the blame for it. It's all right. I'm sure Max Dawson will bring this up in about eight years and misconstrue the facts and get his little band of merry men onto me. It's fine. It's all good. Uh, thank you, Max Dawson. <laughs> so he's... Um, but, uh, yeah, Alan's going to end up <laughs> doing some terrible acting here where he's all of a sudden arguing. He's like, oh, 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 <laughs> it's just so bad. Um, and then, and then this is where we get the most days of our lives moment where Julia's like, his pills. And Cher's like, no, do not give him those pills. All of this can be yours. <laughs> you totally missed the best days of our life stuff when Sherry's going like, you're just a little boy, Alan, you're a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh alan drops dead uh sherry and julia do nothing about it uh it's a terrible destiny my pills my pills uh i but- wouldn't be like dumb and dumb here you go pills are good, pills yeah. are good. <laughs> son of a bitch oh. <laughs> check please <laughs> Uh, still though, I mean, there's something, again, it's bad. It is, it's poorly acted. It is way too over the top, but there's something I love about it. I know what it is. It's Penny Johnson Gerald, right? Yep. Yep. Oh, hundred percent. And, but like, yeah, everything about this is just so stupid. This should not be in 24, but like, it's just, I mean, everything about Penny Johnson Gerald is amazing. Her phone call with David and the phone call with, um, Gina Torres when she's just like, and what's that number again? Um, and I'll go in, I'll do that. And then. Yeah, the whole knickknack speech, but just like the moment when she's like, you know, creeping around Alan's bedroom, and it's like, I feel like we need like some Looney Tunes music of dun 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 dun, and she needs to like hold up a sign, like you know, going like, you know, lol, gonna get his phone, and he's meet me or something like that. But I just, I love the way she steals the phone, and then she's going through that. And I just, this whole death scene is just hilarious on many levels because he's all like. Sherry, what are you doing here, darling? No, what are you doing? I'm telling you now that you're, you know, not going to get away with this. And Sherry's all like, yes, well, I know that you ran over someone. Oh, are you never going to get away with that? And I just love the way Sherry just, like, starts absolutely going off. Like, you're you're pathetic. You know, nobody could ever like you because you're so unattractive. You know, you have to pay people off because you're money. And then he's just like, oh, my heart. Oh, darling, don't say that. Oh, oh, oh. Just, when she starts yelling, he's like, you're, a, you're nothing but a little boy, a pathetic little boy. And just the way he grabs the things on the table and his hands are like, ah, and he's like putting up his mouth and he's like, ah, 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 and dies. And it's like, oh, dramatic. And then I swear there's like a three minute time gap until we come back to this scene where finally Sherry's all like, oh, no, it's all right. You did nothing wrong. It's like, was I standing there in silence for three minutes until you said this? And then yeah. also, 
please pay attention to Dead Alan. He is moving the whole yeah. time. <laughs> they literally cut to him at one point, his hands like literally like almost scratching his face. He's like, Ugh. and I think on the trivia on C uh, twenty four wiki it says like his body position moves like four times before like you see it. So it's so bad, but it's so good. Like I don't know, and it's like again, you're right. It's Penny Johnson, Jared. If this was blonde haired surfer kid earlier, on, we'd be like, oh, this is the worst thing oh, we've yeah. ever seen. But Penny Johnson, Gerald owns this episode. She's so good. And this is like peak Sherry. Now we've been defending her. I mean, not murder, but I mean, she did prevent someone from living. So, I mean, manslaughter maybe. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is just so good. And I just love the way she's going to pass this off in the next episode. And just like, hi, David, how you doing? I didn't go see (laughs) Alan. Lol, going to have a sleep. See ya, bye. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait for next week. (laughs) Uh, so there's going to be another plot hole when we get to next week too but uh, there we go that's going to set up some drama going for us some Palmer drama oh, we're not going to eulogize Alan with three characters in really three to? weeks let's, let's, let's eulogize Alan here the forgettable death um, he died the end <laughs> oh darling he I'm died. dead <laughs> my pills my pills my pills <laughs> pills are good <laughs> uh, the CTU stuff it, it intersects with Jack a lot. So I'm going to kind of leave out the, the majority of it. Let's just talk about the baby for a bit. Um, oh, so God. Chloe is ordered to go see Chappelle. Uh, and uh, what for? You know what for. <laughs> this is where there's some other. He's not zipping his pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, sorry. The baby. Uh. Uh, not for the, he's not zipping for the baby, Ben. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't know. go too far. Um, but uh, I love where, where he, he basically explains, like, you brought a baby into a government facility. That is a federal offense. Like, is it? Is well, that no, in, he like, says, the United States he say, law? He, say, he actually says you brought in a, like, a non, like, a person who's not <laughs> a, allowed to be in the building. Like, you brought a civilian into the building. So he's playing what? technically. It's a human. Because then she says, oh, it's a baby. Like, Kim has been in this facility before she worked there. Uh, well, Carrie's Kim. brother? Carrie's brother? brother. I mean, <laughs> yeah, apparently this is just a baby thing. I mean, I, I guarantee this isn't the first time a baby's been there. I mean, uh, every time we've had babies, you know, uh, Jamie will bring babies to my workplace and people are excited to see the baby. It doesn't matter if they're crying or pooping or I think anything. they've got a baby on shift there. They're that short staff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get that baby to work. <laughs> Milo didn't show up today. Get the, the baby. The 2am shift hasn't showed up. Get that baby to work. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, she's basically in a bit of trouble because of the baby. And again, this is, uh, it's going to get so much worse when the actual revelation of the baby comes out because it becomes a, a big, like, well, that's what the big deal was about. And, and not on the Chappelle side. I mean, I, I kind of understand Chappelle. I mean, at this point it's looking more suspicious because she just keep telling different stories. Like, I don't think you need to be, you know, calling in authorities though, for under any circumstances, because she's not telling you whose baby it is. I mean, she didn't kidnap this baby on her lunch break. She hasn't taken a lunch break yet, but when it comes later on, it's going to be more annoying. Um, Chappelle basically saying, I will find out who this baby this is. We're going to get a blood test done right now. She's like, please don't start sticking needles in the baby. It's, Chloe is very smart. She knows that you can't draw blood and goes, it is definitely the baby of Eric Binder. <laughs> like what, what blood test is, what is this going to reveal? You are not the mother. <laughs> come it on, takes, Colin. This Maury, is, it takes weeks before these results this come This is in. the same organization that can spot a, a person from like the shoulder cuff links of their hand from a traffic <laughs> camera. I'm sure they can distinguish that this baby's father is the following person. Let's obscure <laughs> it by cutting away to look at Kim because we need a stupid reveal at the end of the episode. <laughs> Uh, I do kind of like Adam's scene with Chloe, though, because uh, it's he's probably the only person this season who has actually really put Chloe in her place. And she's been like, yeah, I got nothing to say with that. When uh, when they're kind of arguing and she's doing regular snotty Chloe, it's like, Adam, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> you told on me. You tattled. And he's like, Chloe, what would you do? Well, I would have stuck up for my coworkers. No, you wouldn't. You're like the <laughs> biggest rule follower there is. You're a queen captain you know must follow the rules and then she's like oh yeah maybe i am um uh and she basically says i'm just trying to protect a friend what do you mean a friend (laughs) some mad more bad so far casino royale 54 who is this a friend yeah (laughs) 
That's what it is. Um, we'll skip the other stuff. We'll come back to that later. That all the the good stuff that happens in CTU. Um, oh, what you're not you're just not gonna get over all the baby stuff at the end, or? Well, no, I I, I want to get the baby stuff out of the way now because the good stuff is the stuff. That's, that's what that's I mean. You are gonna talk about this. Cl- all right, yeah. okay. So you're still gonna go to the cliffhanger. I'm, right, I'm skipping. I'm skipping the worm drama. Uh, but Chloe's gonna do something brave and courageous, and she's gonna be commended by Chappelle. You did a great job. And I love, this is the most Chloe response ever. I know. (laughs) That's just it. Well, I'll get back to work now. I was like, no, 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 wait. You still kidnapped a child. (laughs) We're going to deal with that. Uh, And this is where she finally decides, okay, I don't want you to press any charges or anything. I'll tell you whose baby it is. And he gets kind of like her whispering. And that's it. Um, she doesn't now, know. She doesn't whisper. They literally cut away for dramatic effect. Like she goes, "Okay, so the fa- the father's baby, the baby's father is," and they cut to Kim looking, <laughs> and then go, and then they cut back to her. But I don't know who the mother is. It's like the worst yeah. editing ever to bring in a pointless cliffhanger. That's why I hate the ending of this episode so much. Well, tell me if you because I I I didn't remember. It wasn't until I watched this moment where I'm like, "Wait a minute!" I remember watching this the first time, being like, "The baby's gonna be Jacks." Like, I I wouldn't have thought Chase because why? That is not <laughs> interesting. That is not yeah. dramatic. Oh, it's Chase's baby. We get that reveal where uh, Kim's like, "So what's going on, Chloe?" Oh, nothing. I'm going back to work. Oh, but what about the baby? Oh, they're not pressing charges. Bye. Wait, wait. Don't don't go anywhere. Whose baby is it? I'm busy. Talk to you later. <laughs> it's just all these coming up with bad excuses. Like it's Chase's baby. Like nobody cares. If this had been, it's Jack's baby. I'd be like, okay, that is a cliffhanger. Why does Jack have a baby chase? We barely know chase. Like this is another one of the problems that I have with chase this season. Like it, I, I said it all the way back in episode one, but my biggest issue with chase is how much the show builds him up. Like he is, so important and oh he's he's the next jack bauer and all that and like but we don't have he doesn't there's not a lot of substance there what we get a chase is good if he were treated as a minor character but it's them throwing things in here like this like trying to treat it like he is the focal point of the season like oh this is gonna jaws will drop and people are like all right so chase has a baby like who cares he's been dating kim for three months like it's it's gonna be even more annoying next week but Wow, um, we're almost out of the woods with the baby now. <laughs> almost. I see. I, I disagree on the one fact that it's not more annoying next week because I think it's just basically forgotten about after next week. So, and next week it's just a couple of bits of pieces they dust away, and then that's it. Um, it's just, yeah, I think you're right because I, I mean I like Chase. I think he's great, and I think the disappointing thing with this is that like literally. Chase, sadly, is not in this after season three. So, like, this is nothing on the grand scheme of things. If he was, and maybe this means a little bit more, because probably by season six, this girl's, like, ten and she's getting kidnapped by cougars. But, like, um, it's just, it's a nothing thing because it goes nothing. Sure, at the time of watching this, you don't know that. But, like, it's, you're right. Like, why is this a, like, that's a good, that would have been a good cliffhanger. Like, Jack's baby? Like, what the fuck? Like, where did this come from? But, like, it's just, it, they may as well just gone. it's Adam's baby or it's, you know, Chappelle's <laughs> baby or it's Tony's baby. Like, it's got exactly the same thing. Um, like, it's Nina Meyer's baby. Like, whoa, yeah. like, we've got Satan spawn here. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just so silly because, like, I, I love the fact that basically, you know, I realise you're going to get to all the CT, other good CTU stuff, but, like, Chappelle just goes on to prove that he's such a fucking pushover because when it's all like, ah, the worm's attacking us, we need Chloe, Chappelle's like, no, we can't, please, Ryan. Okay, Chloe, off you go, back to work. <laughs> like, just, he's such a pushover. But the thing I love about, like, the end when it's kind of like, Chloe, you're being handed over to the LAPD and there's... <laughs> Veronica from Children's Services. And this is when all of a sudden Chloe's all like, no, like why? Like this is where Chloe's kind of shit because Chloe should just literally be like, okay, that's fine. Like, you know, we'll we'll get her back <laughs> later. You know, she's telling lies. and all this. She'd be terrible at Survivor. She caves in so quickly. But like, it's just the editing is bad. Like I get it. They cut away for this reaction shot for the big reveal. But even then it makes no sense because like literally – you think about the moment where she's gone, it's Chase's baby, and then they cut back to her, and Chappelle's just like, oh, okay, Veronica, it's fine, off you pop. Like, yeah. children's services are not just going to go, oh, well, luckily we don't have to do any more work tonight, back to the office yeah. to play cards. Like, they've still got a flag raised, so they're still going to be like, hang on a minute, like, think about this if this was CTU. They get a call, uh, CTU, hi, uh, my name is uh, Noah Groves, 
uh, and I've got a nuclear bomb, and I'm going to blow up Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, shit, okay, we're going to investigate it. Ten minutes later, oh, actually, no, just kidding. No, I don't think yeah. I will. Uh, I'm going to go back to sleep. Okay, thanks, Noel. Oh, that's lucky. Back to my other work. Like, better find out the passenger list from that plane that blew up on the uh, Mojave <laughs> Desert. Like, they, the children's service are just going to let that go. And then everybody just gets back to work. Lol. And why does Chappelle then all of a sudden let the baby stay? Like, I mean, she's basically like, Veronica, it's fine. Off you go. The baby can stay. No, like, it shouldn't even be staying. And then this whole big thing of, like, Chase is a father. Beep, beep, beep. It's like uh, any other episode, like, this would drop down a rating for me because this is so stupid. And I hate this storyline so much. I'm... Oh, it's on the cusp of being worse than the Terry Has Amnesia storyline. It really is because it's so <laughs> stupid. Um, maybe it is. It's on par. Like, I don't know. But, like, it's just the cliffhanger is done. But everything else in this episode is so good that I forgive it. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's just dumb. It's so stupid. I, it shouldn't be on a cliffhanger. Oh, it's so frustrating. This is a cliffhanger. Um, now, getting to the rest of the good CTU stuff uh, in a minute here. Uh, so let's start with Jack. Jack and the father, Chase, <laughs> Chase the father, uh, are running around in the woods and Chase gets caught by Nina because he's a terrible agent who has a hole in his hand. Uh, and but he's fine. She basically, she basically Pablo's him here where <laughs> she's like, tell Jack everything's okay. Everything is okay, Jack. Nothing suspicious about this at all. And, and then all of a sudden it doesn't really matter because Jack immediately just catches Nina anyways. Um, Nina wants to cut a deal, uh, which this is one of the things I love uh, about Jack and Nina. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be curious on your take on this uh, as well about, we both kind of said, yeah, you know, Sherry and Nina coming back this season, it's sort of like, did you really need to bring both of them back? But Sherry's probably feels more natural. Uh, I think Nina not feeling natural in the story is done with now. I think now we're at the point where it makes sense that Nina is there and, and they use her well. So overall the stuff in Mexico, I don't think you needed Nina there, but, but now from this point on, especially the interaction we have between Jack and Nina, it's unpredictable and it's not what you expect. It's, it's, it's dramatic because it's not season two where he's like, you murdered my wife. <laughs> die. Jamie. Nina, die. From Wisconsin's yeah. on the line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wyoming. Sorry, not Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, but it's this back and forth of like, Jack's like, I, I, I don't care one way or the other. It's like, I'm going to cut a deal. He's like, no. And that's kind of going to be the drama of this week where she keeps saying, no, you're going to do what I tell you to. And everybody else saying, Jack, do what she tells you to. And he's like, No. And it's not Jack saying, no, I'm going to kill. Like last season, it kind of was bad drama where he's like, is he or isn't he going to kill her? And wait till we get to next week to see how Jack deals with Nina. But uh, but this whole plane ride of her saying, okay, I've got some information. All right, tell it to me. Only if you take me back to Mexico and let me go. Nope, keep going. That stuff I love. It, it, it is, this is leading up to what a proper ending should be for the Jack and Nina storyline. And in a weird way, it happens with Jack just sort of playing off like he's indifferent. Like he's like, she's too dangerous to be kept alive. <laughs> you know, it's it's not him rage-filled, you know, widow. It's it, like, give me your take on whether or not the Nina stuff works for you now. Because I'm, I'm kind of surprised, you know, going to the season, very much agreeing that, yeah, Nina probably shouldn't have been here. You should have missed in season two. Um, I kind of like it more now having come out of season two if we didn't have the Mexico stuff to have this Jack needs Nina, but Nina's not giving it up. Um, yes and no. I think the problem I have with it is that it's very repetitive and that it is basically what we got in season two with a slight twist where it's say like the Sherry stuff, it's not really what we got in season two on many levels because at the end of the day, Sherry's kind of almost killing someone this time around. Whereas last season it was, Oh, whoops. I let a nuclear bomb in. Didn't mean to. Um, mm. so yeah, I mean, I like the play on things cause yeah, Jackie's kind of like, not, not going to listen to you. And like, I'm going to get to a lot of plot holes with Nina's play here. Cause it, it, none of it really makes sense. The fact that they're <laughs> even a, attempting to listen to her, but, um, yeah, there's just, because I think the fact is the matter is, is that they're, they're this is what I had said last week about the fact that they're like, Oh, we need to find Nina. It's like, well, no, why do you need to find Nina? Like, you know, Amador, that's mm-hmm. like you've worked off less before on this show and you found out more results. Uh, like, what was it, Ted Kofel in season one? That's the name you got, Ted Kofel. That's all you got. And within an hour, you were threatening to shove a towel down the guy's throat. 
um, and that led to the Drazens. This is all you like. You don't need me. Like literally, Jack should just find her in the forest and kill her. Like that's literally yeah. what should happen. So yeah, like it's it's entertaining. We're gonna get some good moments here with this, and into next week, of course we are. But it's just too repetitive, and I, I'm glad that this is the second last Nina episode uh, because I think you would just get, you know, make this so repetitive. If you mm-hmm. did something different with this, if like, as I've said a few times, like don't bring her back for another three seasons. Like have a big gap and then bring her back. Big gap, bring her back. Like do something like that. Like don't just bring her back to do basically exactly the same thing you did with her in season two. So, and that's kind of what I feel they do here. Um. <clears throat> I, I, I agree with you that it is repetitive because it is similar. We're literally just on a plane again, like we were last season too. Yeah, exactly. But but in a weird way, that repetition is what works for me because I feel like they do it so much better in this season than they did in season two. And it also in a weird way, them doing it here, and it's, it's Jack's change in character here and them not playing it like he's like, I just want her dead. That makes me appreciate season two a little bit more. I still think season two, like, no, that is not, it's out of character for Jack, the way a lot of that played out. But the fact that we're getting these two, the the storyline told the same time uh, or two different ways, but the same storyline, I, in a weird way, appreciate season two doing it wrong a little bit more because we get it done right here. And, and you know, that's, that's just kind of, uh, it, it makes no sense even in my head, <laughs> the way I'm saying that. But uh, the repetition for me kind of works because we've seen it before. We've seen it done one way. Now we're seeing it do another way. It, it, it's, it's like in Star Wars, you know, you got uh, uh, an Attack of the Clones. Anakin loses a hand and then in Empire Strikes Back, Luke loses a hand. You know, it's the same scene. It's just played a little bit differently. Yeah, but I think at the end of the day, you know, let's just not have her in season two. And this is her coming back for the first time. Yeah. Y- you lose nothing by not having her in season two. Um, like, you know, you had to have her back. It was obvious that she was always going to come back, but we kind of said last season that she was brought back maybe a little too soon. Cause it was like a six episode gap. So mm-hmm. like, just don't have her in season two, have her come back and this is her only appearance. And then what happens next week still happens. You don't lose anything. And it's maybe a little bit more shocking cause you've waited a lot longer to bring her back. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I like, I, it's a good point you make with like, the Star Wars comparison, but it's, I think the, the thing that works against that is that, you know, Anakin losing his hand is in episode two and Luke does it in episode five, whereas this is season two, then season three, you know? So it's kind of like, it's back to back. Like if this had have happened again in season five or six, we, I probably wouldn't have a big issue as I do. It's just because it's literally what happened the last season. So it's, yeah. What we need is we need Jack to be injecting heroin again when we come back for 24 season <laughs> yeah. 9, 10, Hi, Audrey. 10, I love you. Oh, my yeah. heroin. <laughs> Audrey's actually a massive uh, smack addict and um, <laughs> just gets Jack hooked to all the drugs. And then Renee, uh, now- don't get us talking on her cocaine habit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Everyone on Jack, 24 has got to be hey, on something. What's going on? Uh... Tony, Tony's pretty clean though. <laughs> he well, doesn't do anything wrong. <laughs> that's going to lead to him doing some stuff in season four. He's not going to be proud of. Uh, that's I what I want, I want Nina, to She's hooking up with people with AIDS. So I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's proliferating an STD around the world. And Jack exactly. almost caught that a few hours ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. Now can you imagine season four Jackie's got HIV? He's HIV positive. Uh, look, we could have gone. Uh, Poor Audrey's HIV. That means Tate Donovan's HIV positive come season nine. Not Tate Donovan. Oh, think about all the people who got it. Connie Britton's got AIDS. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> Connie Britton's got AIDS. No. <laughs> Not Connie Britton. Front page of the LA Times tomorrow. <laughs> Connie Britton has AIDS, capital letter. Source the Oz Network. <laughs> like... That's a national tragedy. Like COVID death <laughs> spiking, page three. Connie Britton has AIDS. <laughs> no, not Connie. Too young. Um, but th- what what actually is happening with Nina on the plane here is that she's got information on a man named Alvers, and and this is what I love so much about Nina's character that like she is so consistent and so unpredictable and the way that they play her up this week. And then especially next week just makes her out to be almost bigger than she is. Like this is like you said, she is the devil. Uh, And the way that she like 
conceals this information, but she doesn't even care. It's not even like Chloe where it's like, but you lied about the baby. No, I didn't lie. I'm sorry. Like she, she basically says, uh, some guy named Alvarez. That's all I know. It's like, all right, give us more information. Well, I got a little more information, but you better turn the plane around. I'm not going to turn the plane around. Uh, okay, well, his first name is Marcus. <laughs> She's just waiting and picking her moments to reveal a little bit more and a little bit more of the information here. Uh, now, I completely forgot about this Marcus Alvarez character. Completely forgot about it. And I actually think now on this rewatch that I have a little bit more appreciation because, I, again, I love that I'm, 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 I'm putting together in my mind what the writers and the producers are thinking here. And the way they're building them up in this episode is like Alvers is the next villain. Like, okay, we had Salazar, we have, um, uh, what's the, the current guy's name? The Amador. Amador. We got Amador. And at this point watching the show, you're like, okay, so this Alvers is going to be like the real deal. But without spoiling too much, what we basically end up getting out of Alvers is he's a, he's a henchman. He's nothing more, you know? But I actually wonder whether they try to build him up here like he's the next villain so that there's going to be a bit of a surprise for the audience. Realize, no, he's not. And then they introduce Saunders, who's going to be the, the massive one at the end of the season. Uh, but, I mean, really, there's a lot of buildup with Marcus Alvarez over the next couple of weeks, and it will amount to something. But, uh, you know, it, it's not like he's going to be the, the puppet master uh, controlling everything here. Um, we, we get a couple of shots of Marcus Alvarez. We get some Am Air Amador, him with his uh, uh, briefcase, his sinister stroking his case like he's Blofeld with a cat. Uh, now, one part that I do hate, this isn't, this isn't just thrown at 24, but just in general. Nina basically says, it's a man named Alvarez. And Jack calls up Tony. Tony. I need all the information on a Marcus Alvarez, spelled A-L-V-E-R-S. <laughs> now, this is something I hate in all movies. Like, in reality, you will say, okay, Alvarez, how do you spell that? Because, mm. like, what is she, is, what she could say, uh, it's actually A-L-V-U-R-S, or yeah. it's uh, A-L-L-V-E-R-S. <laughs> they could be getting the wrong information. Like, Jack is smart enough to not just say, ALVRs, sure, he gets it. Maybe he doesn't get it right. We don't know. But well, this is something just to be sitting there and go, actually, it's AL. Actually, no, I won't tell you the correct spelling. You search yeah, for ALV. Exactly. Good luck with that. <laughs> He's like, Marcus with a C. And she's like, yes, with a C. <laughs> I've literally met Ben, who spelled the names B E N N. Like, as a journalist, like, we literally have to ask spelling. Like, if somebody goes, like, I'm interviewing someone and they're called John Smith. I literally have to say, how do you spell John Smith? And they always look at you funny, like, are you dumb? But it's like, well, no, yeah. because like 99% of the time it's going to be how you think it is, but then I'm going to assume it's like spelt that way and then you've got a Y or a, like a something else and then you're going to ring me up and like want a retraction in the newspaper the next day because I just assume your spelling of the name. So, Well, I mean, you, you would think somebody says Ben Waterworth. I know how to spell that. But how many people add an S to your name and your Watersworth? Well, yeah, well, Americans and Canadians love doing that. But seriously, the amount of people who ask me, how do you spell Waterworth? I'm like, it's water and worth. Like, yeah. seriously, I, I get that like 80% of the time. I get it with Colin. And the weird thing is, I don't know how many times people will address an email to me with two L's and Colin. And I'm like, Colin with two L's is common for a last name. I have never in my life seen a Colin with two L's for a first name. But it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a pet peeve with movies in general. Who cares about this episode? But it's like Alvers, A-L-V-E-R-S. Like, how do you know? You don't know. Um, Nina is basically going to reveal this information. And this to me is one of the best scenes of this entire season where she's like, all right, you're going to dial this number. You're going to get a fast, busy signal. You're going to wait after the fast, busy. And then Jack getting impatient. I still don't hear the tone, Nina. She's like, just be patient, Jack. It's like, you're going to dial this number. This it's, It goes on forever. And like, I should hate the fact. She's like, all right. And then now you're going to dial three, two, one. And then wait. Okay. Somebody's going to pick up. You're going to breathe heavily into the phone. You're going to make some disgusting, you know, seductive noises. And then they're going to say, how dare you? And then you're going to say, I want to speak to your supervisor. Ask, what are and they wearing? <laughs> what are you wearing? Like all these code, it's all over the place. Like it goes on forever, but like I love that it goes on forever because it's so elaborate that there's no way that this isn't her, you know, giving some secret number or whatever. And then in the end, as we're dealing with the CTU stuff, she's doing all this, and all of a sudden, all the computer screens scramble at CTU. What? What's going on? I just want everybody to ask, Adam, were you downloading pornography again? <laughs> like. Somebody should be saying, oh, all right, who is downloading porn? Okay, who's on uTorrent right now? Uh, but this is basically Nina immediately fessing up. 
it's a worm. I downloaded a worm and pornography. <laughs> worm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this just being her master plan, like, like this is one of the best Nina moments ever. Uh, her massive setup here. And again, just her like, yeah, guess what? I tricked you. So you're going to turn this plane around. And then this is the rest of the drama. Jack. Turn the plane around. No, don't turn the plane around. Um, but, we're but Tony said, I got to turn the plane around. No, don't turn the plane around. <laughs> like he said, he hijacks the plane here. Uh, <laughs> CTU, the only person who could stop this worm is Chloe O'Brien. What workplace, we've said this before, what workplace operates like this? We have one person that could do a job. I'm in a moderate size company. There's probably, I don't know, 100, 150 people in my company, you know, in my work. department. The Oz Network, yes, we got uh, 150 co-hosts. Uh, but yeah, but, we should uh, get all the divisions. The Bikina Faso division is huge. They, they, <laughs> they love the Oz Network Bikina Faso. It's great. That's that's Casper's division now. We give him a promotion. <laughs> no, no, in the Korean division, but we know why we don't hear from him a lot. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like I, I am in a company where you have I don't know. Let's say in, in my department. There's I don't know, 25 people, but like in my immediate department, we're talking like four or five people. When somebody goes on vacation, there is only one person who can come. You have a backup though. But the first thing you do is, is you get trained for what you need to back up somebody for. When I took my present position, one of the first things is my boss is like, okay, hey, this is what I do. This is what you're going to need to do when I go on vacation. I ask, when are you going on vacation? No, no idea. Maybe six months, who knows, but you're going to learn it now, you know? This is the way companies operate. How is Chloe the only person who can stop this? Uh, It's so convenient, uh, but it does give us that big Chloe moment of I know, her Han Solo moment, I know. Great job, Chloe, I know. Um, She does stop the world. And I do like the the surprise of when she's doing, no, 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 what the monitor is telling you is a lie. There's like a countdown. You got three seconds to live. No, it's a lie, just wait. That's actually really good, really dramatic. That's one of the best things in this episode. They stop the worm. Um, Jack refuses to turn the plane around. Uh, he was right. Um, I, I I love the the stuff with the the pilot. Once it gets to the pilot, again, it's so silly. Jack is going to take over this airplane, but it's not season two. You're like, don't do it because I'm going to kill this woman. It's just Jack's like, no, no, no. I know better, uh, and he does know better. And you know, to, to me, this would have been another great cliffhanger if you wanted to have it. Where it's like. Turn it around and Chloe's saying, no, no, wait, the monitor's aligned. Like that's better than the father's chase. But, uh, but still, I mean, it's, it's great drama and it's, it's cheesy at times. It is very elaborate. It is very over the top. It is very James Bond like, but it's Jack and Nina at their best. And that's what makes us. Is um, season seven when somebody may or may not be evil. um, And the whole (laughs) plot of that is like, taking over grids and power and kind of like EMPs. Is there mm. not a storyline in that where it's like, we're going to release the name of agents out to the, I know it's sorry, Skyfall mission impossible did it as well. Yeah. But like, I'm pretty sure seven season seven has a bit of a plot where it's like, we will release the name. Of, maybe I'm thinking of something different, I, but I, 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 it's either that or uh, what, what's the, the, the blackjack series. Um, blackjack oh, uh, legacy yeah legacy it's either that Possibly. or legacy which both both have something in common i won't say why but yeah, yeah i know what you're talking about but what i'm trying to say is is that somebody in this scene might get that idea <laughs> for that in the future being here so anyway um i just want to i've got a lot of plot holes and silly things in this but i absolutely love all this like, i forgot that this existed i forgot that nina does this um and it's tense it's like awesome and like CTU running around and just like getting there and like Jack with Nina basically I'm like no like I know her like you know I'm you know I'm not calling this bluff all this sort of stuff this is where like it deviates a little bit from last season it's great and we're going to get like two amazing Jack moments here which I absolutely love um so I just I just want to pray this is what again what makes this episode so good is that like this moment is so tense and amazing it's just so good but <laughs> some of the things you got to point out here so when they flew to Mexico with uh, the Salazars and everything, I think it was like the whole episode. They took off at like the beginning of the episode. They landed at the end of the episode. They yeah. take off at like 20 past one and they're getting ready to land at like 10 to two. So uh, apparently flying uphill to LA is a lot quicker <laughs> on the jet stream. And let's not even talk about the fact that Amador, um, he was already like halfway in the plane when he 10 minutes ago at the end of the last episode, he was blowing people up. How did they get this plane so quickly? At the beginning of this episode, they're literally like, let's get them a plane and we'll fly them out of there. They're at the fucking airfield and they're about to fly off. 
Um, that makes no sense. Um, and I also do love Amador's little like tapping of the briefcase, and you said he's like stroking it like his cat. It's so cheesy, <laughs> but it's just like it's just it's. I kind of like it at the same time. I was trying to work out, and actually they answer this next week, and I think you had a bit of a complaint about this kind of the whole Mexico stuff. It's like, what is the point of Amador even doing this whole situation with the virus? Yeah. But like you had, but like next week he does have a line where he basically says, "Well, this is why I did it." I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So I think the writers probably sat down and went, "Yeah, what was the point of that? We just wasted like half a season on this for what reason?" Write this line in. Oh, okay, that explains it. Um, the other, the <laughs> you miss Chase like when he's wrapping his hand up in the bandage. Jack, how's the head? Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Next week we get another one as well. Um, how do they have perfect cell reception on a plane uh, flying yeah. from rural Mexico <laughs> into the US? Um, also, a plane's loud, so like I'm sure there's going to be like <laughs> like really loud yeah. noises. Oh, so I mean, not, remember last season we had the speakerphone on. <laughs> yeah, true. Also, Jack is technically a fugitive. He broke a federal prisoner out of jail and escaped into another country. So the fact that he's just about to get let in, like, the whole time he was doing that, oh, Jack, you're in trouble. He literally says, I've got, like, nothing to live for. I'm a wanted fugitive. I can never go back to the US. Now they're just like, oh, come on in, Jack. Like, how quickly people forget. Um, Nina's plan, like, why does she do this? Like, I, okay, I get why she does it, but why didn't she do this, like, a year ago or six months ago. Like, why mm. does she wait to... The, is she sitting around going, I've got this plan. I know I can put a worm into CTU and at any point I can... Ho- this. Why is it this... This Like, have this as a season plot line. Nina mm. is holding CTU hostage and she's going to keep doing things because she's waiting for a perfect moment to seek revenge. Like, this is just... Like, it's a huge plot hole here where she's literally well, just like, oh, I'm going to do this as well. Like... She had to assume she was going to get kidnapped one day by CTU and she's got this power so easily she could have done this. Or why didn't she do this, like, say, like, when she was in Mexico, when Jack's holding a hostage, couldn't Nina just literally be like, oh, well, I need to call my buyer. Uh, do you want to call them for me? Or like, diddly, diddly. Oh, by the way, I've just put a worm in CTU. Let me go now or I'm not, you know, like, there's all little things there. I- and then what? Go ahead. I was gonna one more thing. I was gonna add to it. But. Well, I was I was gonna say I d- I disagree just because I I think this is that self preservation part of Nina that like she had this backup plan, but she's smart enough to know I'm not gonna use this unless I am all out of options. And we're gonna find out after this she is literally all out of options until a new situation presents itself. So even if she is you know uh, being held up at gunpoint and tied to a chair or whatever in uh, Mexico, she knows, well, until they actually get me back in a CTU, I can come up with a plan. When I, when I have no other plans, then I wait to do this. Yeah. I, I, I and she probably was planning it for like years, but I still think that Nina's the type of person that would want to do that anyway. And it's also like one thing, and it kind of relates to as well to David with Sherry. It's like, David knows how bad of much of a liar Sherry is and a manipulator is. Jack knows how much of a liar and a manipulator Nina is. So like, it's kind of a few points for each of them where they lose, where it's kind of like, well, you guys are a little bit dumb that you even remotely believe them at any point because you know what they're like. But that's a whole other thing. I don't understand this the logic of Nina here, where Nina's like, okay, you turn this plane around and we're going to land in Mexico and then I'll tell you how to stop it. So, okay, like Jack should literally, Jack's play here should be like, okay, fair enough. Um, yep, fair enough. Uh, guys, see to you. We're just going to land the plane. Land. Okay, Nina, we've landed. All right. The code is hashtag 69. Cool. CTU is back on order. All right. Gun straight on Nina. Okay. Get back in the plane. Let's go back to LA. It's like, ah, oh, damn. They, you know, call that number again, Jack. No, I think I'm not going to this time. <laughs> damn it. Like, she's got no leverage as soon as she lands. Like, it, it makes no sense. Like, as soon as she prevents them from like like this is where she needs to have another backup plan of oh chloe stopped it but you didn't get the extra backdoor worm that i put in there so like it's just it's literally it makes no sense like why they don't do this but i do love some of the goal we get here i love how like when they're panicking around ctu adam calls up um what is it uh mac from division tech <laughs> like division tech mac what's going on i don't know adam we're busy go back later okay mac sorry <laughs> poor mac from division tech he's busy all right and then tony running around like a headless chicken ah close your sockets everyone not the sockets not the sockets 
don't ever like have it. I also love like though um, at one point there, I think it's before all this happens. Um, I, or is it like when this is happening and like Chloe calls up, Jack's having a coffee. Did you see Jack having a coffee? He's got his <laughs> no. little thermos cup there. Um, he's just walking around the plane having a coffee. <laughs> like, you know, Jack's had a long day, needs a coffee, addicted to heroin. How does Jack take his coffee? Black like he likes his men. Um, <laughs> just like his president. <laughs> but like, it's just, you know, it's just, it's funny how that happens. And like, I also love like Chloe and Nina having a, I always forget Chloe and Nina technically have a little interaction, which is kind of nice, but the best bit about like Jack hijacking a plane. And I love how like Tony's like on the phone, like, damn it, pilot Jenkins, why aren't you landing? (laughs) Oh, Jack Bauer's not exactly letting me do this. Like at the end of the day, what's Jack's play? What if these pilots are just like, yeah, kill me. I don't care. I'm dying for my country. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but then also, like, I love it at the end of it when, like, basically everything goes to plan. The best Jack scene I think we've had in a long time where Jack's basically, like, puts his gun away and he's like, file a report with your community officer if you're not happy about how I treated you by putting a gun to your head. And then he sits down next to Nina and is just like, yeah, guess what, Nina? Didn't work. And he has the biggest cheesy smile on his face. And yeah. he's like, ha, 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 I got you now. <laughs> but, like, I just love that line of, like, you don't like it, file a report with your community officer. <laughs> I want to see the next scene. All right, I will. So, like, Pilot Jenkins an hour later. Dear community officer, I was very upset with how I was treated on the job today. Jack Bauer pointed a gun at me after I was just landing a plane. I want a full investigation. Then two days later, Jack opens up his mail. You've been summoned to a CTU court of a... Ah, damn, he really did file a report with his community officer. I'll put it on the pile. Like, Jack, like, Jack did not need to say that line, but it's just hilarious. Like, Jack's like, file a report. I want to see Community Officer Command, the TV series now. Open a socket to community officer command. <laughs> but, like, this is the thing with this episode. So much of this stuff is just batshit crazy and silly and dumb. Like, a worm. Like, a worm. How yeah. 2004 is this? <laughs> and a worm is going to attack your computer systems. And it's just so, like, ridiculous. And even, like, the, on um, CTU, uh, CTU, 24 Wiki, uh, or is it IMDb trivia? It literally says something along the lines of like, everything people are saying makes absolutely no sense. Oh yeah, much of the technological computer terminology <laughs> tossed out during CTU's efforts to stop news computer worm are simply random terms and phrases nonsensically strung together. So people are just going like, open up Windows XP, Microsoft Word, document, PowerPoint, 730, save, file, as, control, C, copy, paste. Oh, but, but Chloe, we can't open, paste, Microsoft Word, Internet Explorer, Mozilla Firefox. Oh, well, We'll just do it anyway. <laughs> like, I like, you know, you know that Simpsons uh, where um, uh, Homer and Flanders are friends, and Homer's chasing the car. It's like, Dad, hurry up! And I can't. It's a geo. I just want to. Uh, come on, Chloe, you gotta, you gotta open up the whatever web page. It's like I can't. It's Internet Explorer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, rip Internet Explorer. By the way, Microsoft <laughs> has officially like shut it down. There's a real the eulogy. Week. Forget about, forget about Alan Milliken. Internet yeah. Explorer is thing of the past. I loved Internet Explorer. I used to use Internet Explorer like all the way up until like I couldn't anymore. And it was like, oh, Microsoft You're the Edge. One? I loved it. Like even when everyone's like, oh, Chrome. I was like, no, what Internet Explorer served me well. So I, I'd use it until only a few years ago. So fuck you people who don't like. Probably Max <laughs> Dawson probably, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. But um, it's like it's so good. <laughs> Every episode now, that's a new joke. We're gonna find something to shit on him. <laughs> so um, that's 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 Ben Waterworth's uh, comeback. But yeah, it's everything about it. Just it's just hilariously bad, but for some reason, it's also like just amazingly good. Um, do you have trivia on this episode? I do. Oh, actually, I do. Uh, but actually, I want to point out there's nothing on Wiki. Uh, I've got a bit from the book and something else, but um, the guy who plays um, Alvers, uh, Lothair Bluteau, from Montreal, uh, in an episode of Third Watch, for those playing at home who listen to all of our shows, he was in uh, The Hunter Hunted. He's one of the gunmen that holds up uh, poor old Grace at gunpoint. So, uh, oh, but of course. Cara Bueno. Isn't she in Stranger Things? She is, yeah. And yeah. The Americans, an even better show. There you go. So, uh, third watcher's Cara Bueno. I had a very nice chat with her um, management many years ago, unfortunately. Oh, I was going to uh, say, if you interviewed her, 
Let's get her back no, on. No, no, it was, it was, it's, um, we tried to, but uh, I think must have been around about when Stranger Things was just about to start. But like her management were very polite, uh, had a great conversation with them about it and fortunately declined to come on the show. But it wasn't like a, you know, fuck you, we, you know, we're not coming on the show. It was, it was very nice. But uh, uh, trivia. So uh, the book, yes, I had something in the book. Um, it's Keith Sutherland has an interview where he's talking about uh, enjoying season three, his relationship with uh, Chase. He liked that. Um, and he also uh, enjoys working with Sarah Clark again. <laughs> and I like, he says here, um, Sutherland also loved getting to play against Sarah Clark's Nina Myers one last round. And Keith Sutherland says, in a blog, I once read, it's just imagine Keith Sutherland sitting around on his computer, like on a blog. Um Someone had written a list, if Jack Bauer could, and one of them was, if Jack Bauer was in a room with Hitler, Stalin, and Nina Myers, and he had a gun with two bullets, he'd shoot Nina twice. Um, (laughs) And he said, I always thought that was a very funny perspective on the amazing amount of hatred there is for him and her. Uh, So, yeah, I kind of like that. But um, I actually, this is an interesting one. It's not really related to this episode, but the additional intel says, day three begins three years after the events of season two, placing the timeline of the show around September 2008. The show never provides an actual year for any season, but producers confirm that the show takes place in the not-too-distant future. So this aired, of course, in 2004. So uh, this is meant to be futuristic. It's uh, set four years into the future. So They need to have, um, like, jetpacks and laser guns. They do. I think 24Wiki has, like, a pretty uh, solid timeline trying to basically pinpoint all the years of each season. So, um, yeah. But that's all the trivia I have, Colin. Uh, I am buying this episode uh, with no shame. Uh, you the same? Absolutely. Like, I, I would have... Um, most other episodes, I probably would have, like, dropped it down to a rep because of the cliffhanger. But as I said, like... It's just everything about this just works and is fun and is silly and just soap opery. But it's like you know, good soap opery. You know, I watched the finale of Neighbours last week. That wasn't good soap opery. This <laughs> good soap opery. So there you go. And for rankings, I've got this. Uh, I mean, it's not super high rent. It's kind of right in the middle. I got a number twenty-two. Well, I guess it is on the lower end of my star buys, not rents. But uh, twenty-two is where I've got this placed it's it's in my top 24 24 episodes at least you've got it very close to where i have it. i've got it at 23rd um so Convenient. yeah i've got this just above episode seven of season two and just below episode nine of season two so uh yes and next week uh oh. i guess the big thing is nina comes home um which literally literally nina comes home there's gonna be a lot of stuff that goes down (laughs) uh that's all we need to tell you about next week because literally that is the majority of the episode uh but um following how many do we have to go now we're at number that'll be number 13 14 so we're almost in the the final 10 episodes of the season this this season's breezing by a lot quicker than season one and season two i find well well like literally about to enter the end of the second third because we are now only two episodes away from Saunders, which of course is the final third. So mm-hmm. we are pretty much concluding the middle arc of season three next week. And then the following week, uh, Ben gets very excited because we get to who I believe is the greatest villain in the history of 24. Um, so yeah, next week is a pivotal episode and um, got to be uh, probably a top five moment next week. And, um, yeah, it's a, I'm just saying this right now. I've, I've already ranked next week's episode and spoiler alert. I've ranked it higher than this week. So, uh, there you go. Yes. Spoiler alert for next week. Spoiler. I agree with Ben. Um, ah, oh, <laughs> play that on loop. Not the, <laughs> not the right show. Is it? Uh, we will be back to talk about spoilers and top five moments next week. Uh, for more 24, um, my name is Colin, Certified Community Officer. And my name is Ben, and Connie Britton has AIDS! 
<laughs> Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.